Today is part two of Set Apart by Evangelism. This idea of evangelism, people sharing the good news of Jesus, it must be one of the marks that defines God's church in every place. Uh, if the idea of church means that we are the set apart ones, we are the called out ones, we have been separate, we're distinct, and one of the things that certainly should make us distinct is that we are going to share the beautiful news, the message that has made us happy, we are going to share it with others. Last week, I, my, the first part of the sermon in the outline was to establish the fact that it was always, has always been God's desire and his plan for every single soul to be saved. He wants everyone to know him. And I'm reminded of a Bible verse that was in um, uh, our daily verse that gets sent out, the email that gets sent out every day. Uh, Psalm 19, verse number 1, The heavens declare the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork. God is trying to tell everybody, even through his creation, it's, a, it's, it's God saying, I'm here. I want you to know me. And I think that is true, especially now for the gospel. God's plan has always been for everyone to be reconciled to him through his one and only son. We went back all the way to Genesis and we saw Jesus there. The plan was for Jesus to come to save the world. First, God had to establish his people so that through his people at the right time, the right moment in history, the Son would come and reveal the Father. Jesus loves all people so much that he died to save them. We believe that. That's the heart of the gospel. Jesus died to save us. If he loves me that much, he loves everybody that much, then I need to respond to that call. Jesus loves people so much, and I've got his spirit in me. If I do, then I should love people and desire for them to be saved also. I'm not going to keep this message to myself. So God makes disciples. Jesus makes disciples. The second point on the outline was this. Jesus sent his disciples to make disciples of all nations. And that's where the command of Jesus, Matthew 28 at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew, the call is, all right, I've been with you guys three years. I told you I was going to make you fishers of men, so now go and catch people. Be fishers of men. Disciples make disciples. If we are a disciple, a follower of Jesus, doing things like Jesus does, he saved, he reached out to people, he taught them the truth, he highlighted their sins to them and told them there was a way to overcome those sins and be reconciled to the Father. If we're following Jesus, we should be doing the same things. Um, we ended last week with that final note at the end of that point that Jesus sent his disciples. And the last thing is this, that Jesus is with us. Whom should we fear? 
And that took us to the passage that was read today, Matthew chapter 10. And the the passage began in verse number 24 and went to verse 31. And verse 31 says, So do not fear. You are worth more than many sparrows. Do not fear. It harkens back to, um, well, it harkens forward actually in this instance. Uh, Since this is in Matthew 10, it harkens forward to the last thing that Jesus says to his apostles in Matthew. Matthew chapter 28, verse, uh, verse, verse number 20 says, And lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Lo, I am with you. You don't have to fear. I'm with you. It's not going to be easy, but I'm going to be with you. Do not fear. So Jesus is with us. Whom should we fear? We've been called to this task of making disciples. Let us do it. It's a simple task. As in the idea of the task is very simple. The calling is very simple. The doing's not going to be easy. The doing is not going to be without difficulties and with uh, people and their objections. But the task itself, the call to it, is very simple, very straightforward. Share the gospel with others. Next in our point, next on our outline, the next point, I should say, is Jesus commands us to confess him before men. And he will then confess us before the Father. So there in Matthew chapter 10, there where we ended last week is where we pick up. Jesus having said, do not fear. Then in verse number 32, he says, therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will also confess him before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my father who is in heaven. Now you can look at this and, and you can say yes to the, to the outline here, and it might come across to us in different ways. Um, Jesus commands us to confess him before men. I think the very first time that we are confessing him before men is connected with the moment that we are immersed into Christ. That time when we say to everybody who is present, all the witnesses who are here, that I believe in Jesus, and more than that, I need Jesus, and he is the only way for me to, to be saved, and I submit myself to him. I'm willing to die for him, to be raised up then, to live for him. Everything is about him, 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 Jesus. We confess his name. We call upon him. That is very much our first step of faith. When we believe, we call out to him. We confess him before men. So we do that, and if we're willing to do that, then, then this verse is saying that, God will, that Jesus will be able to confess us before the Father. He will accept us. He will acknowledge us before the Father who is in heaven. But I think... More than that, this is, this is something that we must continue to do, is to confess the name 
of Jesus, to acknowledge the name of Christ, to acknowledge Him as our Lord, no matter where we are, what we are doing. We don't have to go about saying everywhere we go, I believe in Jesus, you know, you meet the the store clerk, I believe in Jesus, you know. But it's we acknowledge Him, we're willing to share His name, and we're looking for ways to genuinely convey His name to others, to acknowledge His name before others. I would say if we're trying to find ways to hide our Christianity, then we are directly um, kind of, we are going about the opposite of what this verse does. If we are afraid to share the name of Jesus with others, and we are always reluctant to say the name of Jesus because we don't want to offend someone, then we are being, we're putting ourselves very much in danger of what this verse is saying ought not to happen. We ought to be confessing the name of Jesus. We ought to be looking for ways to convey the fact that we believe in Him and that we want others to believe in Him. And as we do so, then Jesus is saying, hey, I'm going to do the same for you. I'm going to acknowledge you before the Father. That final day, on when, when everybody wants to go back to be with the Father, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. You can come to Him through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus is saying, when you acknowledge my name before others, I'm going to acknowledge you before the Father. So this is very much one of those verses where we got to stop and think, hmm, am I ever trying to hide the fact that I'm a Christian? Am I trying to deny Christ from shining forth in my life? Remember our... Our, and actually today the vision statement for our congregation uh, shows up at the right above the outline in the bulletin. Our vision, we will be the salt of the earth and the light of the world as scripture calls us to be. This is our purpose. This is who we are. That's what this entire message is about. God has always planned for everyone to know Jesus and to be saved then by Jesus is the end goal Not everybody's going to accept it, but that's what he desires. And if we haven't made that our desire, and we'd rather just live our life and think, hey, I'm good, everything's fine, I've accepted Christ, I hope that all those other folks do the same, or else they'll be lost, but we're not doing anything about it. We're not trying to shine the light of Christ into the world. Then, in fact, Christ might not shine the light of goodness on us on that final day. If we want Jesus to acknowledge us, to confess our name before the Father so that we can be in his presence forever, then we must confess him before men. And as you think about that, Is there anything greater that we could do in this life? There's a lot of good things in life. But if we are able to share the good news about Jesus with others and such that we share it with a bunch of folks and out of those bunch of folks, there are a few who receive it and accept it and are saved because we were the conduit. We were the one who put them in touch With the one they need to know? Can you think of anything else that would be as great as that? In all your life, 
You think about all the good things you've done. What meaning do they have? What purpose have they served? If we get to the end of our life and we say, I have taught others about Jesus. I've taught my family. I've taught my friends. I've led them to Christ. And they've been faithful. That's, there's no greater thing that could be done. On the outline it says this, Can you think of anything greater you could do than share the truth that can save someone from hell? Consider Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to read verses, uh, verses 8 through 10. Ephesians 2, verse 8, it says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should, we would walk in them. So God's made us to do good things. He saved us. It wasn't our works that saved us. It was God's work. And we, when we go back to and we think about baptism, we're like, wow, God did a good work. He, raised, he gave me a whole new life. Washed my sins away. Gave me a new life. Praise be to God. And God doesn't just raise us up to this new life just to do nothing. Just then to look forward to heaven and think, someday I'm going to heaven. That's what we do our whole life is, someday I look forward to going to heaven. Someday I look forward to going to heaven. Well, we do look forward to being in the presence of the Father someday. But in the meantime, while we're here, God has good works prepared for us to do. Can you think of any other work as great as sharing Jesus with someone else? To share the message that might save that soul from an eternity in hell. I can't think of anything that would be greater than that. We first must uh, say yes to Jesus ourselves. And then secondly, we should desire to share that great and wonderful thing that we've received. Share it with someone else. Pretty simple. Uh, again, I go back to that thought that Jesus makes us fishers of men. He wants us, if disciples make us, disciples make disciples. Jesus, just like he called his initial disciples, his apostles, and he called them to come catch men, he calls us to do the same. Let's go to the next point then. And I would, I would say this. And actually I'll start with the second verse. Um, the Matthew 4, 18. This is the only thing that I've added actually to the outline from last week. Matthew 4, 18 through 20. In Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 20, it's the passage that reflects exactly what I was just referring to. It says, Now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. So they became fishers of men. 
And this is at the beginning of Matthew. And Jesus starts working with them and teaching them. And at the end of Matthew, then he calls them and, and says, Hey, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Now I'm telling you to go and catch men. So I'm the authority. Now go catch men. Go into all nations. Make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God grabbed those 12 apostles One went astray, but he wanted them to simply be fishers of men, to learn about Christ, to share Christ with others, to evangelize. Look in Ephesians chapter uh, Ephesians chapter four, verse number eleven. And that's why I should have went with the Ephesians verse first, because we just came from Ephesians. So go back there again, please. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. And he goes on, For the equipping of the saints, for works of service. So I think there are some people who are gifted evangelists. I think God makes some people who are just super good at that. And I want you to know that even though some are more gifted as evangelists, that doesn't mean that all aren't evangelists. Some can be more gifted, but we can all be evangelists. We can all share the good news of Christ. Again, that call for us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, that is for everyone. That's who Jesus is. Let us confess his name before others. Let us teach others about Christ. Let us share the wonderful gift we have received. There's plenty for all. Let us share it with everyone. So even though you're not a gifted evangelist, be an evangelist. And who knows, maybe you will become very gifted at it. I think we can all grow in our gifts. I think we can all grow in every gift. That's part of growing as a Christian, becoming more Christ-like. And now to the last point. What Jesus began to do and teach, we will continue to do and teach wherever we are. The book of Acts, it begins with Jesus giving, sharing the the message uh, with his... Well, let's just go there. I need to let scripture speak here. Then I'll let you figure out for yourself what you must do. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Luke is the writer here, and he says, The first account I composed, Theophilus, which would have been the Gospel of Luke, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. So listen to that. Uh, the first, uh, the Gospel of Luke that Luke wrote He's saying, all right, I wrote to you previously, that was all about Jesus beginning, what he began to do and teach. And he's hinting here then in the book of Acts that it's what Jesus continues to do and teach. The Holy Spirit's doing that work through the apostles. What Jesus began was going to continue through others. What Jesus began to do and teach 
The apostles were to continue. They were to continue those same things. Look down now at verses 7 and 8. He said to them, It's not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Jesus began something. The apostles were to continue it. It's very interesting then, as you get to the very last chapter, um, Acts 28. And I believe this is another addition. So this is, I added these verses too. I was wrong when I said I only added one thing to the outline. Here's another one to consider. Acts 28. Verse, verses 30 and 31, the last two, a strange ending to us, considering all that's been in here. Speaking of Paul, it says, And he stayed two full years in his own rented quarters and was welcoming all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness unhindered. And if you ever read through Acts, you get to this point and you're kind of like, well, what else happened? That wasn't the end. What else happened? But the verse is the perfect ending because it is conveying the idea of Paul being able to freely preach. And he is continuing to do the work, just as all the other apostles have continued to do and to teach what Jesus told them. And here is Paul continuing to do and to teach what Jesus had instructed. The message of salvation is continuing with all openness, unhindered. And did that message then stop? Praise God, no, or else we'd never know. The message continued to be delivered with all openness, without being hindered. And I ask you today to consider that as this strange ending just kind of opens up and it just tells the, the gospel doesn't end, it keeps going, it, it invites us into this story, what Jesus began to do and teach, it's now open for us to take our role into it. There is not a place here where it says the end, the gospel stopped being preached. It did get hindered, and it was stopped, and that is not going to be true of us. The gospel is not going to be hindered by us. We are going to speak the gospel. We are going to preach the kingdom of God and teach concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness and without being hindered. And here we are in this country that has a First Amendment that is in our Constitution. We have the freedom of speech. Free to speak whatever you want. Free to go out on the street and proclaim the name of Jesus. We are free to talk about Him. How are we using that freedom? And if that freedom is ever taken away, will we continue to obey God and to preach the kingdom of God? And to do the things and teach the things that Jesus did and taught. Will we continue to confess the name of Jesus Christ? We are called 
to obedience. We are called to share the message of salvation with everyone. Let us do so with great passion. Let us have a great desire to save the lost. Let us share the name of Christ Jesus. In in every opportunity we have, let us share the name of Jesus. Let us all be committed to this. Let us do it with greater vigor and zeal. Let us desire to be a church that is truly known to be evangelistic. Let us care about souls. Jesus wants everyone to know. He needs us to be filled with his spirit and to share that message. Be faithful to it. Be committed to it. If there's anybody here who's heard the message of salvation and you know that today is the day that you want to give your life to him, I encourage you to take that that bold step of faith, and don't let it be the first bold step that you take. Let us all remember that our first bold step to come forward and say, I need Jesus and I want to be baptized into Christ, that was a first bold step and we need to continue to make bold steps and share the name of Jesus. But anybody who needs to take that first step and come to Christ, you're welcome to do it now as we stand together and sing this song of encouragement.